I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. Welcome again to the Shane Oliver Experience. I have with me today, if you haven't heard by the tunes, Andy from Wartooth. How you going, man? Yeah, pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on to begin with. Um, so why don't you start where everybody else has started and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do and how long you've been doing it. Um, and yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, too easy. Um, I'm Andy from Wartooth. Uh, we're a thrash metal band from Brisbane. I've been around for about five, six years now. Um, at the moment, it's just me and my brother Wally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play rhythm guitar and vocals, and Wally plays drums. Uh, we had a four-piece for the longest time. Um, we've rotated through a few members and things like that over our time. But um, but you've always been a four-piece. Usually a yeah. four-piece, yeah. 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 Um, with rhythm lead guitar, bass, and then drums, uh, with myself on vocals. Um, yeah, at the moment, with just the two of us, we've been... Working hard on a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, working towards an album, which is due out sort of the end of this year. Fuck yeah, that's sick. Yeah, so that's been going pretty well. Um, new experience for us, for sure. Yeah, so this is the first album? It'll be the first uh, full-length album, yeah. So you've done EPs in the past We're, and all that sort of Yeah, we've of done jazz, an EP yeah. and a single release yep. um, over the last few years, and this will be our first full-length album. Fuck yeah, um, sweet. Yeah, and uh, So timing aside... Um, with losing a couple of members mm-hmm. for the time being. Do you think this, uh, the amount of time uh, the recording process and writing process for this album would have taken the same amount of time uh, with a full crew at, at the point? Or do you feel like you've been writing it at the same length? I feel like it would take the same amount of time, uh, but just less actual hours from like just myself personally. Yeah, um, right. Obviously, being able to offload some of the jobs. Um, yeah. With this whole process so far, I've been recording the bass, both guitars and the vocals. So it's, it's been quite demanding. Uh, in saying that, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying having sort of a lot of creative control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, if, if other people were recording those other parts, then it's less time for me to actually physically put in. But. Yeah, right, right. Um, so how long has the actual album been in the works for? Like, what, what was the general concept? Yeah, so the album is kind of a culmination of some of our songs from the EP mm-hmm. um, right through to sort of now. Like we finished writing the final track uh, like January, February this year. Okay. Um, so it's kind of just a snapshot of like the last five years of the band really. Um, all Sweet. sort of culminating into one release, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long – so when, when you started recording this album in particular, did you, did you just sit down and go, hey – we need to write new songs to bring out an album or did you already have a bunch of songs written that you wanted to put on an album? Yeah, it was a bit of both, a bit of both. Like, as I said, some of, it's been a snapshot of the last five years. So we've had some songs that we wrote for the EP, uh, some songs that we sort of wrote between the EP and now. Mm-hmm. And then there was maybe two or three songs that we actually sat down and decided, like, we want to release an album. We need a few more tracks. Let's sort of write these songs. And those songs were written, I guess, post 
the other members, so it's just been me and Wally writing the yeah, right. couple of tracks, yeah. Yeah, because I know, I know uh, every band's different, everybody is different for in sure. terms of that, because um, some people can't, they just can't write for an album sort of thing, and then some people can't write... Uh, like vice versa the other way around like they can't write for it or they can and that's what they're they're best at sort of thing yeah um which i find really interesting too because you know some people's inspirations only come on uh when they have to write the album sort of thing whereas most uh not like i said not everybody's the same but you other artists will be like man i got like fucking 50 songs in the cupboard right now that i could put onto it like a whole back catalog of just like i write every week sort of thing exactly yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so it's always interesting to find out um how many people do that as well as um uh just just that whole recording process too because i know that it's not cheap for sure it's not cheap to record so obviously coming into the uh recording time because you get booked out for a day or whatever it is, right? That's usually yeah. The, depends. The uh, everyone's different again with the recording. It's it's very flexible this day and age. Um, mm. We've been recording all our demo tracks at home by ourselves. I was about to say yeah. I've seen you guys do some stuff at home as well. So I assume that yeah. you've been able to record. That's right. Yeah, we've been doing all the demo tracks at home ourselves. So we're just been sort of laying down all the bits and pieces, mm-hmm. stitching them together, getting the songs like in a draft format for ourselves, really. Yeah. Um, to take to an engineer to a proper studio. Right. So you'll get yourself recording it, seeing if it sounds sweet yep. and then thinking whether or not it's worth to go take it to get it professional. Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, professionally done yeah. By, by an engineer or recording place or whatever. That's right, yeah. So yeah. like with this particular album, um, the demo tracks, we're all, they're all finished. They're, we've listened to the songs. We're pretty happy with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we've booked some studio time for September. Uh, we're going into a studio down in Melbourne. Um, oh, sweet, Monolith, yeah. Monolith Studios with Chris Demelko. He's done a lot of thrash bands from Melbourne. Okay. He's, he's recorded bands like Harlot, In Malice's Wake, Espionage. Um, Ooh, yeah, A lot, of, yeah, a lot yeah. of the big bands down there. He's recorded their albums. Um, okay. And obviously, listening to those, we're very happy with the sound that he's produced, so we want him involved in this project. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, but, and, and I yeah. guess, sorry. Sorry, sorry. just, uh, yeah, so because we're going to go to Melbourne to record it properly, we wanted to make sure everything's sort of finalised in terms of the creative side of things. Yeah, because you don't so. want to go down there and be like, oh, we fucked up and then we're going to have to come back again yeah. later on down the track. That's it, yeah. It's yeah. like minimise the time in the studio because you're paying for, you know, whatever it is, a few hundred bucks a day kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like we, yeah, like we were saying before, um, it's not it, – it, it, for certain places it's not cheap but it can be quite flexible but that yeah. doesn't help when it's in a state. Well, that's right. Yeah. You know, we're, booking out, we're booking out, I think it's two weeks, two and a half weeks down there. Yeah. So you sort of got that time frame. You have to work within that, and it's kind of at the end of that, it is what it is. Unless you really want to make the effort to go back and fix something, or yeah, right. Because yeah. obviously, at the end of the day, whatever you've done recording in that time period, it's not one and done. You can't change anything. You can always say, "I'm not happy with that," for sure, and then yeah. not do anything about it. But obviously, you've still been you've still paid to have it record uh, recorded and all that. So that it's everything else still happens, but at the end of the day, you can still say yes or no if you're happy with well, it. Well, that's it. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. if we're really unhappy with the sound, we're just not going to release what we've recorded and yeah. Try, yeah. try again or whatever, yeah. And that's I mean, that's that's fair enough. Um and I take it obviously with the thrash sound, thrash metal, it's fucking sick anyway. Um, uh, and I can tell by you, you, your your jacket too. You're one of the the straight up thrashies with all the patches as well. How early on did that start for you? 
Well, I mean, I, I'm not yeah. having a dig at all. No, no, no. I fucking love jackets. No, I'm, I'm, patches I'm just laughing shit. because, like you say, a straight up thrasher, and one of the biggest patches on my jacket is Leonard Skinner. But, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only just seen that now. Then yeah, too. Yeah, because uh, the first one I saw was Anthrax and uh, fucking yes, Danzig, and I'm yeah, like, oh out. yeah, 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 sweet. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of thrash bands on here, but there's a lot of not thrash bands on here too. I'm, uh, I've got a wide variety of music that I listen to, mm. um, but thrash is kind of the. The it's, thing that I want to create and the thing that really resonates with me creatively, yeah. It's what I found the most enjoyment out of playing as well. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not a very technical player. I never have been. But I fucking love thrashy shit to play it. It's 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 fun, bangs your head, yep. you know, and it, just, it, can, it can get people going really easily. Oh, it's and, high energy. It's just, yeah. It's, it's just, you just let out your anger, your emotion, whether it's a bit of attitude or a bit of frustration. Like... It's sort of it. You can encompass so many different sort of feelings and emotions within thrash metal mm. that sort of a lot of other genres maybe are more constricted to sort of one or two. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of noise, a lot of a lot of moving about, but still, that doesn't mean that it's not good in any way. No, for sure. I, I mean, I personally have always found more more tech, technicality and more uh, enjoyment out of uh, and, and appreciation for musicians that play in the heavier bands because, I mean, for me, I've always just seen it as being how the fucking half these guys play what they're playing sort well, of thing. Sure, it's yeah. it's so impressive. Like, I, I'm seeing these famous people up in front of me on TV all the time or on billboards and I'm looking at them going, you can barely play a fucking instrument and yet you're getting paid <laughs> so much money. Yeah. It's bullshit. Oh, yeah, it's you crazy, know? isn't it? Yeah. And, your la- and your local band will play fucking ten times better than them but yet they're playing the stadiums and earning millions of dollars every year. That's it, yeah. It's frustrating. I get it. I get it, obviously. It's just, it is what it is. Oh, the industry is what it is. It's Music is one of those things. It's not necessarily just about how technical you can be or whatever. Like, there's hundred different genres of music and some of them are meant to be sort of simple music That's in terms right, of yeah. like in terms of the actual instrumental skill like mm. it doesn't need to be complex to be good um, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's half but, the time it's the beat. That's right. Yeah, if yeah. it's a catchy beat or a catchy sound, they fucking got your hook, line, and sinker. Well, music is is about creating a connection. It's about expressing an emotion. So if you can do that with a simple beat and some meaningful lyrics, yeah, you know, that's that's all you need. But like for our particular sort of things that we try to communicate, and a lot of heavier metal and stuff like that does, is like you need intense music to to express those intense sort of feelings and frustrations and emotions with. Yeah, it's a different level of energy that you're getting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you do you have sort of like uh, you said earlier that these songs that you're putting towards the album, a uh, couple of old ones as yep. well that are going on there, is it anything like a concept album or is it just just an album? I mean, sort I've got a, I've got a big love for concept albums yeah. at the moment. Like I've just got on like this is an old one and it's it, uh, Winds of Plague, 2009, they released The Great Stone War, I think yeah. it was. Okay. One thing that caught me straight off from it was their artwork. It was fucking sick. But there was a concept, like it was a concept album yep. where eventually we all got to the point where the world practically crumbled in on itself and we had to essentially go uh, back to the Stone Ages um, yep. in terms of um, how we operated and how we communicated with people and trying to, you know, move on, sort of thing. It's like, and like go back and rebuild. And yeah, start again. yeah, yeah, essentially, and um, it all it all ends in this um, great stone war between like uh, the people that have survived and you know whoever's turned into like these crazy demonic sort of human beings or whatever, just yeah. in an apocalyptic world. Yeah, right. yeah. And I thought. This fucking sick. It sounds awesome. It does. It does. But I know that they get a bit of crap because it's winds of plague sort yeah, of thing, right, you know. Yeah. But I mean, concept albums 
I have always thought are really cool. You know? Yeah, I mean, um, one of the more recent ones for for me was uh, Vector with their latest. Yeah, right. Um, I'm having a total mental blank as to the title of it right now. Um, but the one they released we'll come back to it. a couple of years ago, about it's sort of all about space travel and, and this whole... Like, I mean, Vector's always been about like space and sci-fi mm. and kind of stuff, but their last album was... Yeah, it was a really intense concept album. And it, you could tell from the artwork, like you mm. said, about the artwork of the other one, is that can communicate so much. Um, but just like throughout all the songs, there's a common language, there's a common theme that's more than just like that's what the band sounds like. It's, yeah. They're trying to tell a story over the album. Yeah, your whole yeah. stick doesn't have to be about just, you know, telling stories or whatever. For I sure. just mean, you know, like say like that one album that they did, um, I think that might have been, well, from I haven't listened to a lot of them since, but I know that one in particular was different from the rest of the albums that they've had. Um, you don't always have to pigeon yourself whole, uh, pigeonhole yourself into um, writing stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You know, a, lo- a lot of friends that I know of that are in bands, they just think up of a song on the spot and just go, oh, fuck, this is sick. Yeah. Let's, call, let's yeah. call it Your Mate's a Dickhead or something. And then, <laughs> yeah. But it can still be the catchiest fucking song. For sure. Even though it's there's there's just no thought put into the lyrics. It's just like, let's write something fun and crazy and call it something stupid. Yeah, well... They can do it so easy. Yeah, I mean, there's no rules with music. That's the that's the best part about it, you know? It, it absolutely is. You can make whatever the fuck you want as well. Yep. And I can't, I can't get enough of that too. Um, so what, what, what got you into this, into this genre of music um, so early on? Was it, was it a particular band that caught your interest straight off the bat? Or? Well, I think initially, like a lot of metalheads, sort of, I started with bands like Metallica and Slayer mm-hmm. and just those the big four and kind of yep. expanded from there, I suppose. Um, yeah, right. That, that was in terms of metal anyway. Like I grew up listening to country music, a bit of glam rock, a bit of, like, a bit of everything really, 80s pop yeah. music. Well, mine, yeah, like I've probably said it many times, but um, I mean, my, my parents were a, a big country heads too. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure I started out like that as yeah, well. Nice, yeah, nice, um, But then when I hit 12, yeah, about 12, 13, I think it was, um, I got into System. And then once nice. I hit that's once I hit System, I wanted to know what's heavier, what's cooler. Yep. And then it was Slipknot, then it was Slayer, and then it was Cannibal Corpse. And I found out Cannibal Corpse, actually, I don't know if I said this or not, but... The only reason I got onto them was the fact that I'd watched Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, they yeah, had that cameo spotted, yeah, and yeah. I was like, who the fuck is that? It's brutal, yeah. Yeah, and why are they in an Ace, why are they in a comedy movie? Yeah. I mean, it made so much sense afterwards. For sure, yeah. But I was just like, what is happening right now? There's noise, there's people throwing themselves about. This looks like so much fun. Yeah, yeah this you is know? where I want to be. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I got in. That's how. That's another. That's another uh, opening to the heavier scene for me was seeing that and just getting into Cannibal Corpse too. They were just they're they're, they're just like for me, they were the gateway to find for me for finding just like the heaviest stuff and so many more bands. And it's always um, it's always cool to see how much of an influence that plays on musos when they write and stuff when i was talking to um a friend of mine not long ago uh that's that's how he would get a lot of his influences earlier on is that he would hear these these riffs from certain songs and then go how can i expand on that to make it my own yeah but still you know but still have it um uh not you know not the same as as that same sort of riff you don't you don't want to you don't want to be doing the same thing you're not really learning um, you're not having le- like growing your skill set by by just copying the same stuff and using yeah. it, but being able to you know work it out and see if it sounds any better. Yeah, you sort of take the riff and you expand on it, as you say, and twist mm. it a bit and bend it and make it into your own. Like I can relate to that for sure. I've done that plenty of times. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, so far, you've been around since 2013. How many shows do you reckon you've played in total? Uh, we actually have a figure on this. I think it's 65. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, we've been keeping track. I've got all the posters on my wall yeah. at home. Uh, some of them are like little flyers. Others are big A3 sort of size posters. Um, are any yeah. of those shows including tours or are they just, just yeah. shows? Yeah, so the after we released our EP in 2016, we did a bit of an East Coast tour. Yeah. Uh, we played sort of Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Ipswich, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a kind of a small tour, but... A good start to get out of the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tours are tour. That. And then at the end of 2017, after we released our single, we did a national tour, which was 16 shows around the country, everywhere from Maryborough up north to Perth to Tasmania to the entire East Coast. What gave you the idea to do a whole national tour? Well, basically, we've seen all these other bands doing tours, and they were doing eight, nine, ten shows, whatever, and we thought, you know what, fuck this, let's just do it twice as mm. good as everyone else, and we just covered the entire country. Yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun. How expensive was it to go over to oh, Perth? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were waiting for it, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it cost us a heap of money, um, but it was worth every cent, I think. Yeah. Um, we got made a lot of new friends, made a lot of new fans as well around the country. Um, we just had the best time. Like the four of us, we were all really good mates. We were sitting in a car a lot of the time, sitting on planes, airports, whatever, but... I was going to... That, that was... Yeah, that talking was... Talking a lot of shit and just... just like all of us like running on two hours sleep every day, but it was, you know, it was the yeah. best time. That was going to be my next question as well. Um, what the travel arrangements were like, especially for a big tour like that too. Because yeah. at some point you're going to have to be flying and that's, not, sure. the, that's not the cheapest way to, to get around. No, so, that's, yeah. um, so most of it was, was driving. Yeah, we drove wherever we could. So sort of anything mm-hmm. in Queensland, New South Wales, we drove. Yep. Uh, Victoria and Tassie and Perth and stuff, we flew. Yeah. Um, we sort of organized the tour completely ourselves, and in hindsight, some of the bookings were a bit, bit uh, sketchy. But we just kind of we took the dates where we could in venues where we could get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes we ended up doing massive drives, like we played one. I think one weekend we played Wollongong and Newcastle or something, and then came back to Brizzy. And then another weekend we were Perth and then Melbourne, like sort of flying halfway across the country and back. Right. Yeah. Like we yeah. couldn't. We couldn't tee up everything to be like like one show after the next, all in geographical sort of order, which would have, that would be the ideal situation. You drive like mm. four or five hours, play a show, drive four or five hours, play a show. But yeah, yeah. So you could almost say like do the loop and then yeah. at the last one you could fly back or something. Yeah, that would know. have been ideal. But um, mm. just because of the size of the band at that time, like we don't have a big pool to be able to book shows in Melbourne or regional New South Wales whenever we want them. You know, we've got to take the dates that the venues can give us. So yeah. we just tried to line it up as best we could. Yeah. We had a few weekends where we went to Victoria and played to a couple of regional towns, come home. Yeah. Oh, same thing in New South Wales. But yeah, there was a couple of weekends there where we had 16-hour drives and it was just mental. But That's pretty hellish, yeah. It's oh, a long drive. Yeah. You know, I've, the, the longest I've done is, as a car ride is probably about nine hours or something and that was fucking hard enough as oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, in a car. I mean, I've been on a bus for 24 hours like straight. That fucking sucks. But oh, there yeah, was but like that, that was like be, years yeah. and years ago for like a ski trip. So I was that was the first time I've ever done a big trip down to the snow. So I didn't give a fuck. Half well, of the people that would be exciting, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, half the people that were on, like a few, not half of them. That's a, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but there were a couple of people on the bus that were getting car sick, and I was that douchebag that was like, Ugh, Ugh, <laughs> "Don't chuck up in <laughs> the bus." Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I feel bad for that now, but yeah, 
but at the, in, <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't. No, no <laughs> not really. No, um, but yeah, like that. That in itself, like I was pretty fucked after just the drive alone. Yeah, no, it takes it out of you just sitting in a vehicle for like hours on end. It, yeah, oh, I don't your know. Your body goes the, to sleep. I think it's just like lack of physical movement and activity. Your body's like, oh, okay, we're just. Go I'm not expending energy. Why? Why are you fucking wrecking me like this? <laughs> we'll shut you into low power mode and just. Yeah, yeah, it'd be handy if that would fucking work. Yeah. Um. So how was it for? for so. I, I take it by the jumps back and forth that you guys were all working at the time. So that's why you, that's had, right. to, you had to do it on the weekend yeah. sort of thing. Um, it was two things. One was, yeah, we were all working. So sort of we'd do like a Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday, mm-hmm. come home, work sort of four days and then go back on the road again. Um, but the other yep. side of that too was like we're a thrash metal band in Australia. We, if you play on a fucking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, like who's going to show up? Yeah. It's like it's yeah. kind of pointless playing shows there on those nights of the week anyway, so you may mm. as well go home and work. Um, yeah, right, the, and yeah. just stick to the weekends. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's when most people are going to be out, unless you had like a big pool. Well, know? exactly, and as yeah. I said, like being the size that we were, like playing on a Tuesday night in regional New South Wales or fucking who knows. Like, There'd be five people, sure. If, if you know, you get your locals <laughs> going down there to play the TAB or yeah. whatever. And we'll scare them away with our thrash metal anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense why you choose to do that. Yeah, I know. mean, it made it a little bit tricky, but I think financially it was even better off. You're better off at home earning money for those three or four days Yeah, than you are staying away from home, not earning money and playing to no one. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's only so much merch you can sell to no one as well there's only exactly. so much uh so many cds you can sell to no one so it's not like you're going to be able to make your losses or no. make any uh make your make any money back it'd be more lost than than gain from, that's it yeah but i mean experience wise it's sick you're playing in a different state but i mean there's only so many times you can do that i suppose as well before you're like shit what's the point because for sure you know like playing to a, a handful of people i mean unless Unless it's just something that you really enjoy. I mean, you might not give two shits. I mean, if you make it into like a, you know, fuck it, we're just going to play 30 shows in 30 days and just cruise around the country and make it into a holiday and you don't care if nobody shows up, like that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, And, you know, even the tour that we did, there was a few gigs where we played to a handful of people. Like you don't always get massive turnouts, but it's still fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, In saying that as well, uh, have you had any, what, have you had any crazy band tours? Uh, have you had any crazy tour stories so far? Tour stories? I can't think of anything. Because, yeah, there, you, you've, done, you've done the big national ones, so you've yep. gotten to experience different different, uh, different places and whatnot. Um, and I take it, like, some of the more regional places too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're quite colourful characters, I've heard. Oh, for sure. Um, some of the favourite shows from the tour, one of them was Maryborough. We went up yep. there. We went up there expecting, like, who knows what? It's, this could be nobody. We could go to play to five people. Yeah. Uh, we turned up there. The place was packed. Yeah, no Everyone shit. was going off their nut for the bands playing before us. Uh, we hit the stage and then guys were bloody diving off bar tables. It's like getting up on stools and stuff and just going absolutely mental. The circle pits and just... Yeah, right. It was, it was insane. Like we were expecting nothing and we turned up to like the wildest crowd that we'd played to yet. Yeah, right. In our time, and it was mental. Like, the guys were just so passionate and keen to see, like, heavy metal. That was, it doesn't come out there often. You no, know? I mean, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. That, that was the thing. Like, they see their local handful of bands every once a month. Yeah. But they don't get to see many bands from Brisbane and other places coming up there. So yeah, when, that's when they right. do, they're like, oh, shit, like, let's make this into a good night. So what was what's what was the capacity of that place that you played at? Uh, I, 
I think we played to about like 50 people, but it was only a small little pub. So Yeah, right. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. full. And, um, but um, I mean, yeah, like if it's a small pub and it's 50 people, yeah. that's pretty damn good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah Like you're said, saying, it was, it was fucking carnage and yeah. stuff. That's what I mean. That's why I was curious to know. Like how many did you manage to get out there? Yeah, yeah. There was more than 50. Holy shit. Well, that's it. Yeah, you know? no, it was, yeah, yeah. It was insane. As I said, we were expecting maybe five, <laughs> ten people to yep. show up. We didn't know what to expect from Maryborough, but uh, yeah, it was it was insane. And we just had so much fun. Everyone up there was real friendly. Like we'd been talking to them after the show and before yeah. the show even. And yeah, and as as we were saying, like one of the main things that came up in conversation was just the fact that they don't get bands coming out. So when mm. somebody is coming up, they everyone comes out to see them. You know. Yeah, regional yeah. tours always seem like they have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like just even when the bigger bands do the regional shows and stuff, it just seems like there's a lot of carnage. Yeah, for sure. You and know? I mean, you, you sort of, you got to make your own fun as well when you're out there. Like if you're in the city, you just go out to a nightclub. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of places whatever, to go. You know? Yeah. When you're in, you're out in the, the regional places and you're between the shows, like during the day or Most whatever. places are fucking shut. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, know, by oh, that point, we've got to figure out something fun to do. When we're in Warrnambool, we <laughs> ended up spending half the day playing mini golf. Fuck yeah. Just, just cruising <laughs> around the mini golf course, talking shit. And I think... We were the only people there. It was like a really cold day. Yeah. Um, so we had the whole place to ourselves and, yeah, we just took our time going there's around not, the There's nothing better than that sort of stuff happening too when it's oh, just you, your your crew of people at a place where normally there would be some people but there's not today. Yeah. And then it's just all you guys. I think the owners were just sitting there shaking their head like listening to our conversations and stuff. <laughs> we were just – we were having so much why, fun. Why do we let these fuckers yeah. come in? I would have rather staying empty. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But nah. um, oh, I mean, fucking – You don't destroy the place. You have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. They're getting money off you anyway yeah. from coming in there. Yep. Um, so you've toured around the world, around the world, around yeah, the I state. Wish. <laughs> you've, wish, yeah. Yeah. you've toured, you've, toured, you've toured around the country. Yep. That's more, more relatable. Um, you've, you've released an EP. Um, you've got an album on the way. Do you have a favorite and a least favorite lifestyle? Um, I would, I wouldn't say lifestyle per se, but is there sort of like, what, what's the least and most favorite thing from playing, in not so much just your band, but playing in a band. What what's your least and most favorite thing? That's a tough question. I enjoyed the tour a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I'm keen to do more of that. It's definitely enjoyable. Um, but at the same time, I'm really enjoying this recording and writing process as well. Like the getting into the details of the songs and just looking at every little note and every little thing is really exciting in a, in an artistic way. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just like I haven't got a bad experience yet with the band really i haven't found yep. anything that i dread uh even a lot of the businessy type stuff and behind the scenes work like um you find enjoyment in that you know mm-hmm. what uh, anything with the crowds or anything like that i haven't had any bad crowd experiences because i know yeah like because yeah. i know everyone's different we've had some small crowds um but i think that's part and parcel of any band yeah um but least fa- i don't know like playing live is is awesome fun like that's probably the most favorite thing um just getting up there and all that Hard work, all writing, the, yeah. all that stuff. All the energy, that's where you really get to let loose on yeah. stage, you know? And if the crowds are letting loose too, then everyone has a good time. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, t- I totally agree with that as well. Yeah. I mean, being a punter in the crowd too and you see the musos enjoying what they're playing, makes you want to enjoy it too. Yeah, like for sure. If you see someone playing something and they're not enjoying it, why should you be happy? Oh, man, we say that all the time. Like, you know? As a band, if you're on stage... Like what we do when we go up there, we make sure we're having a good time. Yeah. Because like we're playing music that we want to play firstly. Mm-hmm. So we are enjoying it. But if we're up there, like you see bands all the time, they stand there, they sort of play their songs, staring down at their guitars or whatever. It's like, dude, like this is your stuff. 
Are you, are you enjoying it? Yeah. But like, they don't even look like they're enjoying it sometimes. And if the band's, as you say, if the band's not enjoying it, why would the crowd get into it, you know? It, one of the things that we really pushed from day one was like, you've got to break that little wall between the stage and the crowd. Mm-hmm. Bust that open as early as possible and start connecting with people. Look at, make eye contact with people in the crowd and get them like amped up, get them going. Yeah. Um, you know, express the fact that you're having a good time. And it's like, it's genuine because we're enjoying our music. Yeah. It's not like a forced thing. But express that and express it to like the next level. Yeah, and, and everyone everyone has a good time, you know. Like, man, I I think I was I was talking about it not long ago, but gimmicks in music fucking work. Yeah, you know, like and like if if you could if you could treat it as if like you were a professional wrestler, yeah, like with a gimmick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you like. A bit you know, of character. Good, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I honestly think that if you could just zone yourself into thinking that you're a character, yeah. for just twenty minutes. Yeah. And then you could be the sh- like I know it's a big thing for some people with with so many outside things being involved. But if it was something that you wanted to do that you know that could get the audience's attention, create a character, for sure. be, be a gimmick, and I guarantee you that people will be like, "This will be fucking fun." Man, like you know? yeah, if I mean, let me said it, you know, people don't want to go to a show to see their next door neighbor playing a gig. Yeah, they go there to see a rock star or to see like a, a show, a performance. Yeah, you know. So if you don't think that your your person your personality is enough of like a mm. performance, then yeah, take on a persona, take on a character, whether you have dress up or whether you just be larger than life or whatever, whether, whatever sort of gimmick you want to run, like I think, be larger than like yourself you yeah. know, on stage. That's, that's what it's about. It's quite funny because this guy takes it literally too. Um, have you heard of Beneath the Massacre? I have not. No. Okay. So they're this like technical death metal band from Canada and they've been around for years and um, the vocalist, I can never remember his name. I mean, the, the two guys, the guitarist and the vocalist are the ones that I'm going to talk about. But the, the vocalist is a fucking huge unit. Like, yeah. I'm talking like he's just like the mountain style. Not, not, not that tall sort of thing, but just like uh, Game of Thrones, the mountain style. Just like, massive, Just yeah. built like a brick shithouse sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's his gimmick. Like, and he knows it. Like, he's a massive unit. He doesn't, like, scream or anything. It's just straight lows oh, right, for the yeah. most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's just this big burly man with straight lows. That's all he needs. Yeah. And the guitarist, probably one of the most technical fuckers that I've, that I've heard play before, um, he gets this really weird demonic look at people on stage okay. yeah, yeah. when he's playing. He'll be ripping out like finger tapping shit and, and wow. solos and stuff. And he'll look at you like he wants to stab you in the face. Jesus. I only know this because my friend Chris, who used to play and make them suffer, um, was telling me when they went on tour with him. Um, yeah, he caught him in the crowd watching him at one point and was just like staring at him like he was ready to like knife him sort of Jeez. thing. But friendly, like outside yeah, 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 of that, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. super just, friendly. Just his character on stage. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, that music that they play is in your face, crazy sort of stuff. It so, I mean, it, yeah. that sort of gimmick would make perfect sense, you yeah. know, like just, you know, getting that evil eye stare on people. I mean, that's For his sure. way of connecting. I, I like to see more of that. I think it's funny and I think it, it gets you interested. Like you're going to see what are they going to do next? Yeah. What are they going to do next? Yeah. So it doesn't take anything away from people that don't do that, but it is just nice to see when they're really involved in what they want to do. You know, For sure. like like we were saying before, if you're not interested in playing it, you know, you're not going to get the crowd interested. No, that's it. So yeah, no, I'm I'm a mad fan of that. I think we will have ourselves our first break. Uh, we were going. I can't remember the name of the song uh, that we were going to go with the second one. Um, 
thrash something. Thrash attack. Thrash attack. That's it. Um, so so we, this was our single uh, a couple of years ago, 2017. The 2017 one. Video. It's on YouTube. Fuck yeah, that's sick. Okay, so thrash attack. Um, what uh, what was the uh, the writing process behind that song? Which is one of the songs that was all about thrash and having Just a good time at a show. Straight, uh, plain and simple. Yep. Easiest fucking song there is then. God. All right, yep. Well, we're going to jam Thrash Attack. We'll be back in a bit. Yeah, I'm superior, baby. Who's out the rear? Forgive my back into the blade. 
I love myself some good thrash. I really do. How long? How long do you want to see yourself playing thrash? As long as you can live. Well, as long as thrash is coursing through my veins. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> if, if I don't feel thrash anymore, I'm not going to keep playing thrash. I'm not going to force it. Fair. Wartooth is a thrash band because thrash is what we feel like writing. Yeah. Not, not because we're a thrash band. If that makes sense. Yeah, no. We're, that, we're not trying to make thrash to be thrash, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you guys yeah. like to write. It's just what comes out, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's totally fair. Um, so in, 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 in saying that as well, like I wouldn't say that, that it's pigeonholing because, I mean, you can really – in this day and age anyway, you can be on whatever lineup most of the time anyway. But um, with, with the thrash scene in Brisbane, say, yeah. have you been uh, – because you've been pretty much in the middle of how – uh, in of, of it for the last five six years now yep. with Wartooth, have you been able to follow the ups and downs of the scene? For sure, um, yeah, yeah. I think like it sort of began in Brisbane at least with bands like Malachi and Gorefield, mm-hmm. and I'd go see them like I was very young, just like just sort of eighteen nineteen when they started out. Yep, going to see those sort of shows, and then bands like Asylum and Durain popped up, and then we followed all of them pretty shortly after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caustic Attack was around, I think back then they were called Maltheist initially. Caustic um, Attack rings a bell to yeah, me more yeah, yeah. than that one. For um, sure. But, um, yeah, Caustic Attack was floating around. Yeah. So, like, we sort of had four really key bands, Durain, Asylum, Us, and Caustic Attack, uh, all kind of – we were very good friends. We were, like, a mm-hmm. little community, all playing thrash. We'd play gigs together, like, once a month at the back room, or I think we started at the Nunda and um, – Prince of Wales. Yeah, Prince of yeah, Wales, yeah, yeah Nunder, um, a few different places, but like we were a real community mm-hmm. and developed a big sort of following, not for each particular band, but just for like the thrash scene. Yeah. If that made sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a good, good solid community for ages and the four bands were kind of, we were competing with each other, but at the same time we were just all good mates. We'd hang out on the weekend and have barbecues at each other's houses and stuff like that. I mean, and that's a good uh, good instance of friendly competition, friendly yeah. banter and all that exactly sort of shit. exactly what it was, yeah. You know, it's like, who's going to get the spot first? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're going to slash tires over it. We're just, so let's see who gets it. We like, we're right. all friends. We're all working hard to try and compete for things, but at the same time, we want to see each other succeed as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I think um, that sort of community aspect of it really got its word around to places like Adelaide and Melbourne, they'd be hearing about this Brisbane thrash community, mm-hmm. not like hearing about one band or this band or that band, but yeah. they were all kind of, especially in Melbourne, there's a lot of competition down there. Oh, dude. And the bands, yeah. the bands were competition, not mates. Yeah. And we had this real mateship, like kind of like the Bay Area yeah. up here, and everyone was like, what is this? This is mental. I want to get up there and see it. I want to <laughs> check it out. Why are you guys so nice to each yeah. other? Yeah, yeah. but um, I what? mean, it was great. And then obviously Caustic Attack sort of died a couple of years ago. Um, and then yep. Tim from them joined us, and he was in our band for a couple of years. Yep. Um, and then Durain died at the end of last year. I think the guys just sort of, from what I can tell, have just sort of had enough of playing local metal and yep. um, just want to do other things with their lives, which is which is fair. So it's just us and Asylum kicking on now. Yeah, uh, that's right. We've got some new bands popping up like Spectre and Odious and a few other things. So. Yeah, yeah. I've only just caught wind of Odious myself, Yeah. Um, and they're pretty cool. I they, like that. They've been around a little while as like a death band mm. um, and they're sort of reforming lineups at the moment. I think Chalky from Durain's joining them on drums. Yeah, right. Um, and they're sort of turning more thrash now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, you mentioned Malachite before as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so they're, they're, they're done as well? Is, that, yeah, is they, that the general thing? They went for a good while. They did an album and an EP and mm-hmm. heaps of tours. They supported. They played Soundwave and a few other big 
Because oh, my yeah. first experience seeing them was actually when they supported Municipal. Yeah, I nice, had no yeah. idea who they were um, yeah. until I saw fucking uh, what's the voc- vocalist name again? Drawing a blank, Tommy. Muzz, yeah. Muzz, Muzzy. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. His hair fucking flying around everywhere and shit at the start, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Who the fuck are these guys? This is sick." Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's how I caught wind of who those guys yeah, were. Yeah, and yeah they, they, they were doing shows all the time too. Man, they were. At the time, they were the only thrash band in Brisbane, really, who mm. was doing anything. So they got all the supports, all the sort of opportunities in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they got a big name for themselves really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then I think, again, I'm not really sure about all the ins and outs of it, but I think it was internal conflicts that ended up sort of killing uh, that band. Okay. No. I think the boys are all, most, for the most part, there's like maybe three of them that are starting some other project now. And oh, okay. Everyone's still doing things, but... Yeah, I mean, Malachi, if yeah. that's the sort of thing that you want to do as well, like, it's pretty hard to, like have a band split and then not continue to do something else. Yeah, I mean, you if know. you're a musician, you're a musician, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, like that was, my, that was my first experience seeing Malachite and like the local sort of thrash, yep. like yep. Brisbane thrash. Like I never even knew that we had like a solid – I mean, this is going back six years as well. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but like at that point too, it, it was a new thing for me and I'm just thinking I have never – really heard much of the brisbane thrash scene at all i didn't even know that there were many thrash yeah. bands in brisbane yeah, so it was yeah. just really cool to see one you know for sure um, yeah what so they i mean they got the chance to support uh municipal fucking sick um what's the biggest support act that you've you guys have gotten yeah so we've supported a couple of bands recently um lich king from america mm-hmm. ross the boss who is from originally from manowar who, who, sorry? Ross the Boss. Oh, Ross the Boss. He was the yep. old guitarist of Man of War from back in the day. He did a solo tour oh, last sick. year. Yeah. So we supported him. Uh, we supported a band from New Zealand called Fallen Order. They're like a power metal band. Yeah. Um, and the other one was Voivod from Canada. Oh, sick. We supported them in January of this year. Um, that was kind of it. That was our last gig, really. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was insane. Those guys have been around for like 40 years, man. Or Holy 30, shit. 30 something years. Um, yeah, right. Just playing ridiculously technical kind of prog thrash. Um, and you obviously got a chance to hang out and talk with them, yeah, I take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, what, you know, like with internationals in general, like do you get a certain vibe from them when, you, when they come over here to play? Like do they want to talk and mingle? Depends on the band really. I can't yeah. sort of – there's no blanket. I mean in the four or five bands that we've experienced, there's not like a blanket rule. But, mm. um, I mean, with Roster Boss, we didn't get to mingle with those guys at all, which is, you know, it's fair enough. Lich King – they're just like a local band from America. Like they're kind of bigger than us, but they have the same attitude as, as us and the yeah, local bands yeah. do. They're I know, just, yeah, I know They're just mean. on holiday having a good time in the other side of the world. Yep. Um, the Lich King guys ended up going back to one of the other boys, local boys' places, and we just had a barbecue the day after the gig and having beers, and there was Lich King guys just chilling at his house. And hey, how you going? Yeah. Yeah, we just, it was a good time. I think there's video footage of that on YouTube somewhere. Oh, no shit. But, um, yep. I think Chalky's got stuff up there. But um, yeah, I mean, they just had like the – most sort of casual, like they didn't treat, they didn't turn off here like rock stars. Like, yeah, we're from America. Yeah. We're a big band. Rah, rah. They're, you know, they're just one of us having a good time. So Yeah, no fair. It's, it's always a really nice feeling too when you talk, like when when guys or just international artists or whatever come over and you know that they've got a good following and stuff, but they happen to talk to you like they're just any like any other normal person. Yeah. Because uh, I think... I think once you get that certain point where you like kind of know someone and then like say they come up to you, you kind of get those like butterfly feelings or whatever, like, oh my God, I know that person. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, play yeah. it cool, play it cool. Yep. You know, some people can be really chill about it and some people can lose their minds. I suppose it's Definitely, just yeah. depending on who it is. 
Um, I can't remember what gig I saw that night, but I know I was with Stewie from Goon at Greaser Bar, and it was around the same time that Guttermouth had just been playing their tour. Okay, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'd gone down there, uh, and I think, yeah, 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 I'd gone down there with him, and we were hanging out and talking and stuff. And, um, yeah, just I think I'm pretty sure it was the drummer from Guttermouth just walked over and was having it. He was on for a chat. I'm like, don't you play in Guttermouth? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And thick-ass American accent yep. comes through. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, you, you just, one, you don't expect it half the time. But two, holy shit, they're normal. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. Some of them don't want to be put on a pedestal. Definitely. They just want to fucking play, even if they're in a big band or whatever. Yeah, I remember seeing Nuclear Assault um, play the crowbar. And I think... Durain and Asylum must have supported them that night. We didn't get the chance to, but we were there mm. checking them out because they're one of our biggest musical influences. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, same thing, like the bassist, Dan Lilka, and a few of the other guys, they were, we were just having beers with them. They just yeah. came out, like, they didn't even hang in the little back area of the crowbar. They just came out to the bar, mm-hmm. were buying their own drinks and just chilling with the rest of us and just having a yak. And it's so, these dudes have, were in the original thrash scene back in the early 80s. Yeah. Formed big bands like Dan Luca was originally in Anthrax and stuff like this. And yeah. So there's, there's, just, there's history there. Yeah, you know, and here like, they are just in Crowbar, just having a beer with you. And you're just like, internally you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like freaking out. They're not allowed to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've admired on, these people. A rock star? Like what's going on? Yeah. That That's, that's exactly right. And you know, like, um, you, you don't know. Sometimes, I mean, like you don't know how to like to react as well, mm. which is quite funny with some people. Like they'll either like fucking lose their minds or just think, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go have a beer with him. It's just one-on-one. Yeah. yeah We're on yeah. the level. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess that's probably another way on how, you know, you build that networking too. Say you become friends with those guys where you're having that chat, they take you over to the States. Yeah, you know, that's all. That's always something that has exactly. that ha, that can happen, and I sh- I'm sure has happened in the past where they've just yeah. become people become friends in the middle of a chat, and then they'll just be like, "You want to go on a tour? Cool, let's do it." Yeah, and then it just happens there and there. That's it. I mean, Hit, Lich King was like that with a band from Adelaide, Hidden Intent. Um, oh yeah, they've, yeah, they've Hidden swapped. Intent, yeah. yeah, they've swapped tours a few times. I think they've both been to Asia together. Lich, Hidden Intent went to the States, toured with Lich King. Yeah, Lich King's come over here and toured with Hidden Intent. So. They've obviously got a good little relationship going on there between those two bands, and from that exact sort mm. of thing, just having a conversation. I've heard the the music scene over in like Indonesia and stuff is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, so, um, so that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like that'd be a sick place to go and tour, uh, do a tour for you guys as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Either, either. Well, you could either start start there or start NZ and then branch out and see yeah, what well, the. Once the album's out, we're looking to get overseas a little bit. Yeah, fuck try and, yeah. Try and get to places like Asia, New Zealand, and things like that. I mean, once you so once you get that album recorded, what's the next step? Um, so, do you have uh, an agent that will help you get it uh, released on CD or you know like artwork, all that sort of stuff? How do you go, what, what do you, where do you go from there once it's recorded? Yeah, so. At the moment, we're talking to some artists to get sort of some artwork happening for the CD. Um, we're doing a lot of our own promotion and publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the thing's recorded, we're going to print CDs. Um, we're doing this all DIY, like 100% DIY. Yeah, and then that's um, fucking – I love that shit. We've done a lot of research and things into um, marketing and trying to understand that whole world, really. Um, it's of, chaotic. Yeah, but yeah. Like one of the things that – I went to a networking event the other night one of the things they were really talking about is like not enough bands put money into marketing. They, they put all their money into recording. Say you spend, I don't know, say five, 10 grand recording a CD mm-hmm. and then they'll be lucky if they spend $200 advertising that thing. 
And it's pretty like, piss weak, I suppose, like yeah. The recording of the product, the making of the product is one thing, but you need to spend as much, if not more, marketing that product to people so they actually know that it's there. You can spend as much money as you want on a fucking killer album, yeah. but it's not going to get anywhere if no one knows about it. It doesn't fly around the world on its own steam. Yeah, yeah like that's you right. You have to push it out there and get it in people's faces. Yeah, um, and it's yeah. it's, it's I, I can't say it's hard, but it's not easy either. No, definitely you know, it's not. not. It's not hard to just say, hey, we've got new stuff and keep saying it. Um, but I suppose after a period of time, that's going to get annoying. So you've got to find new avenues to promote. Definitely. And I mean, the things with social media and the online world these days is it's, it's really easy to get out there if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of, like as I said, we've been doing a lot of research on this stuff. We're not experts by any means. Yeah. Um, but we've sort of got some ideas, some plans in place to... I think if you give you, over, yeah, yeah, I think if you give yourself some sort of knowledge to it, at least that way, if a hiccup comes up, you don't freak out and be like, yeah. shit. I don't have any idea what to do now. That's but, it. But you've done, you know, a little bit of background stuff and you've got an idea. So that's probably the best way to go about it, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, once the album's released, back to your question, was, yeah, um, yeah just pump it out online, uh, get some CDs made, take it on tour around the country, overseas to places like mm-hmm. Asia and things like that. Um, see where we can go, really. We, we don't have solid plans for next year. Yeah. But we're definitely trying to get out there. Yeah. Put, pump the album as much as we can. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on like the, um, streaming services and stuff and putting your music out on that? Yeah. I mean, depends on how you look at it. The streaming services are not there to make you money as a band. Like the royalties that they pay are minuscule. It's, I've, so my understanding is that unless you're someone like say T-Swizzle, you're, yep. you're not going to earn, you know, a whole lot. The fact is you get, streaming. I think it's, I think 3000 streams gets you a dollar. Fuck. Okay. As, a, as an artist. And that's a dollar for the writers collectively. So if you have four writers on a song. 25 cents 25 each. 25 cents yeah. each, yeah. Jesus Christ, um, yeah. That's, okay. that's just the fact. Of, like that is the fact of the streaming services. They're mm. all around that same price point. So yeah, 3,000 streams, you get a dollar to split amongst your bandmates. So yeah, um, it, I, I, yeah in <laughs> yeah. that instance, it's more about getting it out there. It's, it's a marketing than, tool. It's like social yeah. media. It's there to get your band out there, get heard, um, and then people – can spend money on you on merch or on buying a CD yeah. or whatever, you know. And like, that's how you yeah. make what you need sort yeah, of it's, thing. Yeah, it's not there to make you it's, a, it's, a killing. It, it's not something that I've started asking about, but I, it's something I want to ask more about because I've made a playlist online where it's – I've made a few actually. One was originally for this and it just got too out of control with too many – like too many <laughs> of my influences coming yeah, yeah. in. So I wanted to make it a little more simple. Um so I created two more. One is an actual playlist of the musicians that have been on the we- uh, been, been on the website, been on the podcast, and then the other one was a local slash Australian slash NZ playlist yep. that I did, and that's all I have on that list is just you know I've got um uh, who was it um it, you might be able to help me pronounce uh, this one is it Trinidad Trinidad Trinidad. Yeah, Trinidad. Okay, I, I've been saying it wrong. Then um, they're on Spotify. I yeah. chucked them in on yeah. it. Um, uh, Slodge, Flange Panties, um, Terramata have got their new stuff on Spotify as well. You know, so I chuck as many local people, especially yeah, yeah. Um, into that sort of playlist sort of thing. Um, That's good, man. Like, I'm not, I think a lot of not enough people are doing that sort of stuff, like really pumping bands that they dig from the local community. Yeah, um, yeah. Like a lot of people will like the bands and come see them at shows, but mm. like for me uh, being in a band, if people who like our music are sharing it online and putting it on playlists and mm. things like that, like that helps us get out there. Like we, as a band, we can only pump ourselves so much. Well, that's, we can only yeah, push that's ourselves. right. And it's, 
while it's genuine coming from us, like a lot of from the outside, the band is pushing a band. Well, obviously the band's going to push mm. the band. But if other people are pushing the band, like if you're telling your mates about us mm. to your mates, that's going to be way more genuine than us telling them directly. You know what I mean? It's because what you're doing is what, te- like in theory, what you should be doing is going, come listen to my music. We're it's, advertising it. Yeah. You're saying, I actually like this thing. Check it out. You know, and I'm not a much, paid advertiser. Yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. And yeah. that makes a huge difference too. Like I, I do that every day. Like I'll put up a, um, on my um, Instagram or something, I'll put up a song and tag the band because that'll be more like my song of the day or whatever. Like that'll yeah. be the one to jam That's out. That's awesome. You know, I love doing it because every now and then I'll get a response from the band. You know, sometimes you'll get a response. Sometimes you won't. I don't really, I'm not really fussed if I do or don't, but when they do respond back to me, I'm like, this is sick <laughs> yeah, I love it yeah. thanks guys like and it's not even like f- for me or anything it's just I want their their music to be heard more by people because sure. it's sick yeah you know um, I'm pretty sure I shared today it will not be today when you, when they hear this but um, She Cries Wolf is a Brisbane Gold Coast band or whatever yep. yeah, I heard um, yep. yeah I put them up today uh, and they sent me like love hearts and shit and like nice. mentioned me in their story I'm like it's not what I'm after I just liked your tunes that day and I, I yeah. tagged you you know that's and it. that's I'm not after anything there's no hidden agenda it's just I like your fucking tunes so I'll put them up definitely you know we try um, and do the same thing even on our band page we try and share music that we're into and other bands that we like um, for the same reason just because there's music out there like es- we're digging especially when it's the local scene too you know it you're not gonna get anywhere unless you have that support so it's you a know, community, you know. You've exactly. Got to build the community as a whole. Unless, yeah, unless you, if you don't have that support, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's not a dig on say who's around you or anything. No, no. It's just if you don't have people liking your stuff, then what makes any other person in a different state or in a different country think that they should listen to you? That's right. Yeah, and you know you're stomping on heads. Like it's not going to get you very far. No, that's, no. That's the other side of it. You know, you're gonna gonna build it as a scene, as a community. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it, it, it changes – you know, I just found out recently that's, – that's why – one of the reasons why I shared She Cries Wolf um, was the fact that I'd posted a thing about the Princess Theatre. Do you, you ever remember the Princess Theatre in Wollongabba? No, I think that was no? before my time, yeah. Okay. Um, it was definitely in – it was in my time. I used to go to a lot of shows there, they were hardcore metal shows, that sort of thing, a um, little bit of deathcore here and there. Uh one of my favourite gigs was Death Fest and it had the Red Shaw headlining with Viata's Murder and this was before, this was like 2009 or something, like before yeah, right, most yeah. of these guys got really big. If anything, the Red Shaw at that time was the biggest band on the lineup. It was only like 20 bucks for like nine bands. Yeah, nice, yeah. You know, nice, affordable <laughs> and you yep. can see some pretty cool bands sort of thing. And for ages, I'm pretty sure it used to be run, uh, it, it got bought out and then taken over by some Christian mob or whatever and they did... They didn't do shows there anymore. Um, but it's only just been like not that long ago where I've seen that they've just announced a, an all well, not just, but there's an all-ages show there on the 7th of July. And I'm like, where the fuck did this happen? Yeah, right. Okay. And She Cries Wolf are on it. And I was like, oh, that's sick. So it's like it, it's people that I've heard of playing at a venue that I used to go to all the fucking time. Like I saw Parkway Drive there back like r- right after they'd about a year after they released Horizons or something. Yeah, okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, like, and you think what Parkway's doing now, they're playing stadiums. I yep. saw them in a fucking, like, little tiny theatre that could yeah, hold 200 definitely. people. Yeah. It, it, that, that, for me, those sort of feelings never get old. 
even though they might be a different band to what they used to be or the sound's not the same as what it used to be, you know. Um, you still got those memories attached to it. Exactly. You know, the experience and, of the show and, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, like, who cares if it was Parkway Drive? Like, I, it was a fucking awesome show and there were some good bands on that lineup as well. Like, um, there's always been good shows at that venue. So, yeah, again, stoked. It'll be good to see if it picks back up again and has... I hope so. Regular. I, I really hope it does too because it's... It, all you got to do is you got to catch a bus to the like Marta Hospital, and you walk fifty meters across the road, and it's right there. Oh yeah, I, I think know, I the, know the what Mar- you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right there, and yep. right next door is is like a little convenience store and all that shit. So there's food and everything right next to you if yeah, you get hungry. Awesome. Yeah, and then the venue's right there too. You know, um, so I hope there's more shows there, um, and it'd be nostalgic as fuck for me. So, <laughs> um, do you have a favorite venue that you've played at? We played the back room a lot, yeah. Um, especially like in our early days, that was kind of our home. Yeah, it's kind of our home stage. Um, we played Crowbar a few times. We played, yeah, the usual sort of Brisbane places. Mm-hmm. Um, but the back room's definitely our home. It's our home stage. We've made that stage our own. I think we played there pretty early on um, when they first got the barricades in there and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we were one of the first bands to really like utilize that in terms actually of the use stage. them yeah. yeah yeah jumping up on top of them and getting involved in the crowd and <laughs> the stage is awesomely sized at the back room this is one thing i really love about it compared to say the bright side of the crowbar or whatever <coughs> is at the back room you can move around a lot yeah you, it's you, a good size stage and we yeah. use it like we're a high energy band life mm. like we run around a lot we headbang we windmill we're doing all sorts of shit on st- we got our own little mosh pit on stage really. yeah um so the back room really allows for that. Whereas when you're in crowbar, like you kind of, you have to stand still. It's and a very and just small little spot. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the back room is probably my favorite venue yeah. to play at. Yeah. And so Mousy's still doing the, the bookings and stuff like that for yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if, if you just messaged him one day and said, Hey, I'm doing a show. He'd just be like, yep, we'll put you on one straight up. More or less, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I don't want to sound too like confident with that. but I wasn't but, even yeah. trying to make you sound like a dick then. I just, yeah. you know, like you said, you've made it your home and stuff. And, you, yeah. you know, and I know Mousy's always, um, he's always been good at getting like the, like the regular thrash bands and stuff coming on. Oh, to Mousy, their... Mousy's put on 80% of our Brisbane shows or if not more. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, he's like our, our guy. And, yeah. Um, he loves having us on. We love working with him, so. Do you have any, like, is is there any downsides do you see to the back room? Like, is, do you think As their location? Venue, yeah. Do you the, think the, the location's lo- a little bit tricky, but at the same mm. time, like, we haven't had issues with turnouts there. Yeah. We play gigs there, people show up. Um, and, I'll, you know, like, I think a lot of bands are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the location, yeah, it does play a part, but at the same time, like, we always have good gigs there. Yeah, right. Um, no, for sure. And, yeah. I mean, that in itself is what you want, too. I mean, if you yeah. know that you're going to have a good turnout come then I suppose there's no real issue for whatever venue you're going to play yeah, at. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, so why not play with your yeah. favorite, uh, at your favourite venue? That's it. Yeah. yeah. So. But, um, the soundy, the old soundy Steve, who used to work there, he's awesome. Mm. Um, we haven't actually played a gig there since the new soundy took over, but I've been to a few gigs there and a lot of people are not saying very nice things about the new soundies. So. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. I, um, I, so I don't I'm not know. in a rush to get back there and play by the sounds of things. But uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Like, I mean, I haven't – that's new to me as well. Like, yeah. I, I've been there a couple of times and I haven't really had any uh, – I haven't noticed any sound things. But then again, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm paying, yeah. you know, at, at the time. So Maybe, maybe it's just a, like everyone's mates with Steve and they just want to stick up for him. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's like a bit of a bias there. But 
um, as I said, like we just haven't played a gig there with the new soundy yet to make our own judgment. Yeah, right. And so your next show, that's not at the back room, is no, it? No, the next show is, we're talking about international supports before, is supporting Metal Church yep. at yeah. the Crowbar. Yeah, that's right, Metal Church. Yeah, yeah so that'll be cool. Yeah, thrash band. It's, just, it's, meant to, like, it's insane to see the Metal Church is even still touring. Yeah, right. And then they're coming to play Crowbar of all places, and then we're going to share the stage with them. Is it, is it Crowbar Black or Downstairs? No, no, Downstairs, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah have, you ever, you have, so have you ever done a... Uh, upstairs show yet? No, I haven't played upstairs at Crowbar. I don't think that would be very. Um, what's the word? It's 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 not going to be great for War Tooth playing up there. We too much move, carnage. Move around too much. Yeah, and I was going to say that'd be perfect. You should you should do that. <laughs> Tear the just, place apart. Hey man, you could always just be that one and done. You could be like that band that played once upstairs and fucked the place up and <laughs> I'm coming back again. Yeah, Crowbar's got to rebuild after that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it shut for a few weeks. Yeah. Hey, I, I mean, like, if you weren't ever going to plan on playing there again, sure. Yeah, go That'd be it, the best yeah. way to do it. it. I'm not saying anything bad about Crowbar. Don't trash the place. Um, Look after it. It's our only heavy metal venue in the city, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're spread pretty thinly um, when it comes to uh, choice yep. for the metalheads and stuff. Now, for, yeah. There used know. to be a lot more. There was the old Step In, which was the dungeon. Yeah, thing. yeah. And then we had the New Globe Theatre, which is gone too. That that was probably one of my biggest disappointments was seeing that go. New Globe. Yeah. Yeah, that's been there forever. I've, I've seen some good shows there too. I remember, because so, there's the two sides, obviously. There's one on that side. Uh, on the, When you walk through, there's a stage on the left-hand side and then there's that stage on the right-hand like the side. the theatre on the right. Yeah, there. yeah. This is, this is the funniest thing I honestly think I've ever seen. You ever seen a mosh pit on an angle, <laughs> or let alone a fucking circle pit on an angle? Yeah. So back in 2011, I think it was Thy Art with War from a Harlot's Mouth and yep. Make Them Suffer and someone else. They played at the New Globe, and they played on that side of with the seats. With the seats, yeah. yeah. Jeez. So the whole thing, like, there weren't any seats in there at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. But it was on a fucking angle. Mm-hmm. So you imagine people kind of standing on that funny angle where they're like, you know. Arms crossed, but they're kind of like they're leaning forward and back and stuff. And then you've got like a pretty sizable crowd of maybe about fifty or so people in the middle doing their mosh pit antics. But they're on a fucking angle when they're trying to do it. (laughs) So many people are stacking it. I bet, yeah. But oh yeah, like when when I saw a circle pit on an angle for the first time, I just thought, man, this is just going to end up so bad. And it did. (laughs) There was multiple people stacking it, but they just kept getting pulled up and they kept going. You know, that's what you main thing. Yeah, it it is what happens. But I just thought this is like the dumbest fucking idea to have a show at. Like, (laughs) not. I I don't know who put it on. I can't judge. It was so long ago now, but. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to have a, a show on the side where the stage is on an angle for the crowd and they yep. play the heavy stuff where people are going to move. I feel like that's a balance <laughs> issue for most people. Yeah. So people are going to get hurt. Sure. Outside of that, it was probably one of the one of the best shows I've seen at at our New Globe. Um, and it was it was just a really nice venue. Yeah, I mean, our, probably my favourite show that we've ever played was there. We played You Gods of Metal a couple of years ago. Yeah, On the big right. stage on the other side. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, biggest crowd, most insane crowd. It was just so much fun. And it's so clo- it was so close to everything too. Yeah. You know, you were, just, you were right next to the, um, to the Traino and then a bunch of other bars and stuff and Crowbar was yeah, right it. there too. It's a good location, good venue. I hope, I hope something good happens with that place. I do hope. Same with Sabo. That place recently shut um, recently closed its doors, and I'm, I'm terrified that they'll turn it into something stupid. Yeah. One one less venue <laughs> to 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 have good times in. You know what I mean? Sounds like Brisbane. I've asked this one recently, bef- uh, a few times uh, about Sydney. 
like I, I'd brought in the whole lockout law crap and whatnot, but I suppose like how you just said then with venues sort of starting to disappear here and there, mm. sounding like Brisbane. Yep. Uh, when was the last time you played in Sydney and what was the scene like there? Uh, we played Sydney a few times, of, uh, usually at the old uh, Ballface Stag, which is now the new Crowbar in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've played, but we've also played the Valve Bar and some other venue that I can't think of the name right now. Mm, okay. Um, Sydney, I find, has been good to us. We haven't had any issues playing shows there um, in terms of turnouts and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the lockout laws and things, I can't really comment on that. Like, we haven't had any... Any no, no, that's that sort of thing. Yeah, but, that, that's um, fine. Obviously, your experiences have been okay, so yeah. it doesn't really play a factor. But, I mean, certainly from the news and the things that you hear, it's and Brisbane kind of went the same way. We've got our own version of lockout laws and things up here. Luckily, it's not as bad. No, um, not but, quite. But yeah, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it never happens. No. Again, it's it's one of those things. I think people make a big deal about these things when they turn up, and mm. it's probably not quite as bad as what people think. But it's not nothing either. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's not something just to be like, oh, whatever. They've got some new law in, like. A lot of the people I've had on haven't really had much experience mm. or they haven't had a bad experience down there. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really working in favour um, of the lockout, uh, against the lockout laws right now. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, there's only a, man, a, a certain amount of time before I come across someone that says, yeah, and it's a fucking doozy. Well, I feel, um, like, I feel like the lockout laws are only really a problem if you're sort of one of those people that like, likes to bounce between clubs. Mm. If you're happy just – if you're at a metal gig mm. and you're chilling there until – they kick you out at the end of the night and you go home. Like it's, the lockout law doesn't affect you. It's, it just stops you mm, getting into places after a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I may have it mixed up a little bit this time around anyway because I know festival-wise that they're really... Oh, they're cracking re- down on Yeah, they're really there, tight yeah. on that shit where it's becoming almost uh, like impossible to, to run because if you get considered a high-risk festival, yep. you have to uh, put on like uh, so many more coppers or whatever to, to yeah, police the like, event. Yep. Um, Some big upfront costs for licensing and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you're considered a festival, which I think was, from the description, was like five, six bands or more, which is most metal gigs really. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so. so... Yeah, it's interesting to see where that will go. I mean, we're playing a festival down there in November, Steel Assassins, which we've played before. Yeah. And that's always a massive, like it's a two-day thing mm-hmm. run by Dave Balfour down there. And this year we've moved it, well, they've moved it, sorry, from... Crowbar slash Baldface Stag to a new place called the Bridge Hotel. Okay. Um, but from what I can gather, Dave hasn't had any issues with these new laws. I don't know if they kicked in yet yeah. or whether it's like next year or something, but um, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, because there's – I don't know how many categories there are, but I know if you – certain ones are in like the low, medium risk or whatever, mm. so that's not really an issue. But it's once you hit that high risk or whatever yeah. is when you have to jump up and do all these sorts of things. Because I know Blues yeah. Fest – um, was okay, like they didn't have any issues or whatever, but they were saying that if this sort of shit keeps up, we're going to have to go to another state, you know, because... Yeah, well, I think like know. things like Splendour and, yeah. and all those and, other and, big and festivals, yeah. And Splendour as well, yeah. I mean, like that's one way to kill a, like the festival, a festival, uh, annual festival at all, um, very quickly is, is fucking with them like that and yeah. throwing more money at their direction to have to pay. Like, yeah. really? I think Come the on. big question is, is why are they doing this? Is this for, they want more money? Like they want to get a slice mm. of the festival pie as in the government or is yeah. it, is it like about control and some other thing or I don't I, know. There's, there's gotta yeah. be like whatever the agenda is as to why they're doing this. Yeah. I'd like to look more into that and find out why they're doing it. And then I can understand maybe it either makes sense or it doesn't make sense, but yeah, certainly from the outside, it just feels like sort of music is being attacked. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah. like from a looking like from 
looking in sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. it does, exactly. Um, I'm wanting to know more about it. You know, I'm always going to ask, I suppose, um, if, you know, a band is toured Sydney, wherever, really. Like, yeah. what's the – like, because obviously with Sydney, there's those issues that stand out for those, for that state right now. So, of course, that, that'll that be what I ask, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah like, for sure, yeah. Um, so it's it's just curious to see who has had issues and who hasn't, you know. So far, it's more so that no one's really paid too much attention to any of the shit when they've gone down there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, we haven't, you know? we haven't been affected by it, but... But everyone's different, Yet. you know. Yet. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's it, you know. So you did, you, did, you did just say then as well that you've also got um, – so you've got Metal Churches in August and then you said Steel Assassins in November. That's right, yeah. So you see yourself being more busy next year? Like have you already planned ahead for next year? Depends on what you mean by busy. Like we're flat out with the demo recordings, writing, doing yeah. a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm. Like – we have played we played one gig in January, which was Voivod. The next one's Metal Church, which is the end of August. Yeah. In that time, we've really done not a lot in terms of the public eye. Yeah. Um, like I've been to a handful of shows myself, but not not even on my usual sort of once a month or twice a month kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's we are flat out like five, six nights a week, every weekend, doing stuff with recording, doing stuff with sort of managing the band, yep. growing the band, um, a lot of social media and things like that. So you definitely... Um, so we're flat out, but, yeah. but in, when you say busy, that's what I mean. It depends on what you mean. But in terms of the public eye, like, yes, we're looking to get more gigs and more be more sort of public next year Yeah, um, when we're not stuck in a recording and writing sort of cycle. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to get out a lot more next year. Yeah, that, yeah. that was more, yeah. Or so, more or less what I was going for, like, show-wise. For like, sure, yeah. how, how much more are you going to be in the public eye once that first show kicks in yeah, in I mean, August? A lot of that's just been, like, the... The album recording process, like we've jumped into that. That was always the plan. Yeah. But it, it sort of magically synced up with the fact that we're there's only two of us in the band now. Um, so we can't play gigs. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been looking for gigs. But, right, but that's okay yeah. because we've had the album to make anyway. So it's kind of like, it's kind you, of all you, worked your out soul in favor. Fo- Yeah, your sole <laughs> focus can be just about writing that album. Yeah, rather we're not than being distracted by, oh, this gig's coming up. Oh, maybe we could play that gig. Or yeah. That gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just been like, well, we can't do gigs. So let's just throw everything we've got into the album. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, next year, like one, obviously Metal Church is coming up. We're going to have a lineup ready for that mm-hmm. and Steel Assassins and blah, blah, blah. So once we've got the lineup booked, then we can look at taking on more gigs and, um, into next year for sure. Um, I don't know if I asked, but I was thinking that I might end on this anyway. Uh, what's the album called or what's it going to be called? Is that a sneaky one that we can know about? Or uh, We don't actually have a title for it as yet. Uh, okay. At the time of recording this podcast, by the time it goes out, we may have a title. Right, but, okay. Uh, we're still working through that. Um, yeah. All right, all so, right. Sorry about that. We couldn't give you any secret uh, insights. Oh, no, it's fine. What I can I, say is tune into the um, Wartooth we're doing live streams once a month on our Facebook page. Yeah, well, don't yeah, don't stress about that. I'll yeah. be I'll be putting links up for that for Excellent, sure as well because yeah. I every I I try and catch as much as I can when I can. For sure. Um, uh, I'm I would to me it sounds like I'm not as busy as you guys, but obviously, um, my full time thing right now is not uh music. You know, I got a little one here and there as well for that sure, keeps yeah. me busy as fuck. You know, even just one little time. I'm sure, you're a lot busier than we are. Then, if by the sense <laughs> oh, of things, you got look, a little one. Look, it's here and there. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty evenly shit between Jess and I. But you know, it's not 
picking up a musical instrument every day. You know, <laughs> I guess there's two yeah. different kinds of, of busy that you could put For yourself sure. into. I, you I, know? Don't, I don't think you can really compare raising a child with being a musician. They're two totally <laughs> different worlds. And exactly. I, yeah, I'm not going to cert- certainly stand up and say this is harder than that or that's harder than this. It's yeah. it's fucking fun though. Oh, uh, it has. Music, it, I mean, yeah. it has its moments, obviously, but it. it I mean, at the end of the day, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love being a dad. That's that's my thing. Um, I look forward to that in the future. Oh man. It'll be worth it for sure, trust me. Um, on that happy note, I think we're going to wrap things up and we're going to jam one final song from you. Do you want to let us a little bit, uh, let us know a little bit more about it before we jam it? For sure. This is a brand new song uh, that's just coming on the album. Uh, we've got the recording, a demo recording to play for you this evening. Uh, never heard before. Um, it's a track, this is the final track that we wrote for the album. It's entitled Predator. I don't really have too much to say about it and other than just, uh, yeah, have a listen, see what you think. Awesome. Stay tuned for that album. Thanks again for coming on as well, Andy. Yeah, I really appreciate me, it. Yeah. And yeah. It's been fun. Inside Scoop. Fuck yeah. yeah. Get so, to yeah, play enjoy. a brand new song. Enjoy um, this. I love it. No, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, yep, we're going to leave you with that and tune in next time. Thanks, guys.
mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My Songs Suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's Not Canon Productions podcast.